You're listening to the Ministry Grow Show, brought to you by Reliant Creative, the creative agency for gospel-centered ministries. Find out more at ReliantCreative.org. Welcome to the Ministry Grow Show, a podcast dedicated to helping churches and ministries grow and make more effective impacts for the kingdom of God in an ever-changing digital world. Whether you're building and growing a gospel-centered ministry or leading a church, if you want insight into the strategies, struggles, challenges, and successes of other ministry leaders, you've come to the right place. Welcome back to the Ministry Growth Show. Today on the show, I'm going to be talking with Liam Savage. He's the Director of Innovation at One Hope and on the Global Leadership Team at Indigitus. Liam, thanks for being on the show. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So let's start with the basics. Who are you? Maybe give a little summary uh, in your past and then uh, tell us what Indigitus is and and share how you guys came up with that name. Sure. So yeah, I'm, I've been with One Hope for about seven years now, uh, leading innovation. And I had no idea what innovation was when I first started and uh, why ministries needed it. But as as uh, the world changes and as technology becomes more influential in how the church does its work, I've been working on exploring and helping us to uh, change and improve the way that we use technology uh, to make disciples. And, you know, Indigitus, I, I first encountered them at a conference and they were talking about um, their mission and their vision for helping to equip believers to be active and engaged in this idea of digital missions uh, and this new mission field online. And that was really impressive. And and I I wanted to know more. I wanted to be more involved. And uh, about a year later, I was invited to be on the leadership team. And now I've been leading it for the past three years. But, you know, Indigitus is really a, a great commission accelerator. Uh, Jesus commands us to make disciples of all nations. And, and that that great commission is something that every Christian and every believer is, is called into. Um, but a lot of times believers feel left out of that, that um, mission is something that is hard or inaccessible or for someone else. But mm. Indigenous, we really want to resource believers to, so that they can confidently tell others about Jesus, to spread the gospel to wherever it's not, whether that's in their own backyard or whether that's to the ends of the earth and that um, they can do that more easily and, and uh, through online, through digital missions. So, in the name Indigitus, it's a combination of the word digital and indigenous. And so uh, when you think about digital missions, uh, it needs to be relevant to the people that you're reaching, uh, but it also it has this digital component to it. So uh, the word captures well a lot of the activity that we do is uh, international. Uh, it's digital. It's empowering people uh, to reach uh, their own people online. Mm, that's really cool. Yeah, this this conversation around digital discipleship and d- digital evangelism has been coming up a lot, uh, both in this show and in conversations I've been having with ministry leaders. Um, knowing now what you guys do, it sounds like you're kind of experts in that space. Can you tell us maybe a little bit about how that plays itself out, how that is structured, how you guys think about digital discipleship and digital uh, evangelism? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times it, it can come across as intimidating, like we're wanting you to do something out of outside your comfort zone. Like, you know, I, I'm not really prepared to start sharing my faith on Facebook broadly. And, I, you know, I don't want that to damage my reputation or, or make me seem weird. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty that people feel when it comes to evangelism. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's really more about making friends and, and being a part of people's lives and 
when the opportunity presents itself, being ready to share your faith, being ready to share the gospel and what it means to you. Uh, you know, if if someone knocked on your door and you answered it at home and they said, I heard you were a Christian. I don't know what that means exactly, but I'm, I want to know more. Uh, would you help me? Would you help me understand faith or, or God or this thing that you believe in? Like you'd probably be pretty excited to have the opportunity to share with someone who is willing and interested to learn more. And you'd probably invite them in and <laughs> offer them a, a drink and, and talk to them. And that would be a, a really refreshing and, and healthy and wonderful opportunity for you. And so uh, realizing that you can have that sort of interaction really easily online, uh, you can there's people who have never heard the gospel and uh, it doesn't come across as weird, but it comes across as beautiful and something that um, they're desperate for and hunger for hungry for to know that there's a God who loves them, that there's hope uh, in this life and in this world that seems so difficult and broken. So I, I like that metaphor of, of the physical experience that um, you might welcome and that it's really similar online. So uh, we try to do things that help empower people, empower believers and Christians to be prepared to share their faith um, and uh, have the opportunity to experience what it's like to share the gospel with someone. Cause most Christians have never uh, done that or had the opportunity to. Well, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it seems like, especially in the West, we've kind of left that up to the pulpit, right? Yeah. So with the work that you guys are doing, are you seeing engagement with a more engagement with a specific age demographic in this yeah. space? Yeah, I, I mean, I think naturally uh, more digitally savvy, uh, younger generation, millennials, Gen Z tend to be much more eager and excited to embrace this. Um, but we've got all generations uh, hmm. who have engaged. Um, there's there's grandmas who have been like, this is awesome. We're going <laughs> to do this all the time. So um, yeah, it's it's definitely been cross-generational, but I think the, the barrier to entry is a little bit uh, lower for someone who's already a, a digital native. Yeah, that's really cool. Can you walk us through uh, your definition of discipleship? Maybe that would be helpful as we continue this conversation and maybe share uh, some of the, if you guys are using strategies or digital systems um, mm. that you're using in your work, like how do you think about discipleship? Sure. So you know, with technology, uh, we have this impression that we can reach everyone in the whole world. We're all connected online, so we can we can reach everyone. But uh, with discipleship, it's about relationship, mm -hmm. and and relationship is something that has to be built and nurtured over time. And and influence comes with that relationship. And, and influence doesn't scale with access. Just because you can access everyone in the world through Facebook doesn't mean that you can influence them or or build that relationship with them. And so when I think of discipleship, it, it's really in, in terms of uh, you having a grounded uh, and strong faith yourself, you're engaging with God's word, uh, you're being fed and, and nurtured and, and prayerful. And from the depth of your own spiritual uh, faith, you're able to invest in and pour into others uh, that as those opportunities arise and as um, people see you living differently and and having uh, having something about you that they want to know more of, they, that you don't seem as affected by uh, the stress of the world, the problems of the world. You seem confident and rooted in Scripture. They're like, "How are you? How are you? How are you okay right now? Like, don't you know what's happening in the world?" And you're like, "Well, I 
I believe that there's hope after this world and that mm. my whole existence isn't wrapped up in what I can accomplish in this one life. Um, you know, so having the opportunity to build that relationship is, is much more, I, I think, essential to discipleship than what I think m- many times digital expressions of, of ministry tend to be very narrowly focused. Like, can I get them to a, a faith decision right now? Mm. And it's like, uh, you have to take time and, and earn the right to share your faith. Uh, so, you know, some of the strategies you asked, um, Indigenous works to build communities around the world. We want to establish uh, cities, uh, places where there's leaders who can invest in others. And so uh, we want there to be a, a physical community where you can gather and meet and know people. And in times of COVID, a, a digital and remote one uh, where you can uh, be mentored and discipled yourself uh, so that you can e- more easily mentor and disciple others. Um, there's also uh, a lot of other strategies and tools and systems, like you said. So uh, we have a, a guide for a digital day of outreach that a church can do. And, and churches don't usually have digital strategies uh, or, or they have one by default. Like we need a Twitter account and an Instagram and a website, uh, but there isn't a lot of intentionality put into how they do digital evangelism or digital discipleship. And so a digital day of outreach is an event where uh, you can train uh, the members of your church to be prepared to share their faith and uh, reach out online and share a video and, and just answer questions like start a discussion. What did you think about this video that introduced Christ and faith and uh, how can I, what questions came up for you? Like, uh, and, and just leading them through those conversations has been really impactful. There's a few other things too, like um, Voke is an app uh, that is really powerful that uh, leads you through a series of videos that uh, can be about spirituality and faith, or they could be maybe more generic, like is God good or dealing with anxiety and and you can work through those um, videos together in community, like one-on-one or as a group going through things together. So Vogue is a really cool app that came out of one of our communities initially and has been uh, grown as its own sort of uh, brand and uh, is currently being uh, developed within uh, Jesus film. And so, um, and you know, another one is uh, mission hub, which is an app that crew produced, but it basically helps you keep track of the people that you're wanting to be intentional about discipling. And it'll send you reminders like, Hey, have you thought about reaching out to so-and-so you would initially put down that this was a prayer request of theirs. Have you talked to them about it? So things like that, that just sort of, um, augment your mm-hmm. personal in, uh, interactions and, and help you have uh, more meaningful, uh, real relationships, uh, both in person and online. So what is that process? What does the, the digital discipleship process look like? If I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm new to this, I want to get involved in what you guys are doing. I want to jump on board with digital discipleship. What would that process look like for me? Is, is this a initial engagement digitally that, that you're encouraging builds towards face-to-face interaction and face-to-face discipleship, or is it entirely done online uh, in an entirely digital um, process? Like what does that kind of look like as I start and enter into wanting to be a disciple of others Mm -hmm. uh, who make then go and make disciples? Yeah. You know, I I think uh, technology often is used as an escape uh, that, uh, it, it can be a barrier to 
uh, our life or a way for us to escape relationship. And uh, I really believe that technology should drive us towards richer in-person experiences when possible. And so, you know, while it may start online and, uh, you know, that can be the genesis of the relationship, um, I would love to see it move towards a, a richer in-person experience where you are known and they know you and uh, you know them. And it's, you know, an anecdote. I, I, I play video games and I'm a gamer and um, I was playing games with uh, a few random people and one of them ended up becoming a friend and wasn't a believer and we ended up becoming friends. And it was two years later after, you know, lots of gaming and lots of time that just chatting about life and casual things where he's, he told me, uh, you know, what, what's the meaning of all this? Like, I, I don't understand why I'm doing life this way. I don't understand what the purpose of all this struggle is. Like, what, what is it all for? And it's like, it was two years to get to that point and mm. to have that level of trust and that he knew that I cared about him and was a safe person for him to bring this question to. It's like, it it's not transactional. Uh, digital discipleship has to be something that leads you towards uh, being known. And like, we've met up in person a couple of times. Uh, he lives on the other side of the country and it's like, uh, but we've become friends and, and that's what digital discipleship is. Like it, it's building a, a real friendship and a real relationship. It's, it's nothing. Uh, I don't know. It's nothing mysterious. Like I think we think digital is somehow this completely other medium, uh, but discipleship is discipleship, whether it starts online or ends online. Uh, it's still about being known and knowing someone. Mm. Now, to shift a little bit, <clears throat> you guys are working, I'm assuming, in a variety of cultural settings and contexts. How is, how are you, how is digital different in each of those contexts? Like, how are you guys navigating that? Yeah, it's, you know, when I think of Indigenous, I think of it more as a movement than an organization. So when I mentioned those communities earlier, uh, each community is in its own context with its own problems, its own goals, its own uh, unique characteristics for unreached people. And, you know, those communities oftentimes have people in them, the uh, members of the churches who are participating, uh, maybe are technologists, or maybe are brilliant filmmakers, or uh, amazing creatives. And as they are uh, ignited to this passion and this realization that they can be a part of God's calling and and they have a role to evangelize and disciple that um, they see how their talents can be used for the kingdom and they want to start applying those skills and those giftings to help meet those missional needs so this is really where that digital and indigenous thing happen is that in those communities as they're working to encourage each other and to help uh, spread the gospel as those needs arise, uh, people tend to start rising as well and saying like, hey, I can help you build an app for that. Or I can help you, uh, let's build a website and a landing page or a marketing strategy. Or like, let's let's solve that problem. I have skills from my job that I never thought God would be able to use for his church. Because typically if you ask a pastor like, hey, you've got a developer who works at Google and one who works at Facebook in your congregation, how do you want to use them for the kingdom? It might be something like, I don't know, could they run slides or AV? It's like, oh, there's so much more that they could do. There's so much more <laughs> that they could accomplish. So uh, helping in those communities to identify the, those needs and, and put those skills to work, we've seen that happen over and over again. That's really cool. Now, 
shifting a little bit again, it's hard to uh, ignore this 2020 year, the year of COVID, the topic of COVID. How has that affected? How have you guys seen this affect the global church? And then has there been any impact on you guys at an indigenous where you guys were already online and all digital? Yeah. You know, it's funny. The main thing has been that suddenly there's a, a, a renewed appetite and a, a really strong desire for digital evangelism and di- digital discipleship that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, whereas before we felt like we had to try to convince people that what we were saying was uh, important and mattered and that they should care, uh, suddenly we had people coming to us saying like, hey, what you're doing is important and matters and, and we care. Can you help us? <laughs> Um, so it kind of turned the tables and, and it created a huge amount of demand. But, you know, the, the church is fundamentally conservative. Uh, you know, we, we think high beginnings, uh, our, the past was better than our future. Uh, we started in the garden and then there was the fall. Like that's a downward trajectory. Uh, whereas, you know, in the world of technology, it's fundamentally progressive. You know, the future is better uh, just by nature of it being new. You know, if, with an evolutionary theory, like we had low beginnings and we're gradually advancing uh, and every advancement is an improvement. And so like th- these are sort of at odds and, and create a tension. But I yeah. feel like uh, COVID has forced the whole church to recognize that no, digital is not evil. Digital is absolutely critical uh, and should be and should remain a, a strategy for how we engage and it needs to be something we figure out and figure out really quickly so yeah it's been really encouraging and um, also a, a lot more work for us but it's the right kind of work that's good yeah i think it has most definitely exposed the church's ability to function well or unwell in uh, in the digital space so uh, you guys are seeing churches come to you at record numbers, I'm assuming, just looking for guidance and direction on how can we function well in digital? Yeah. Yeah. So um, there was demand and, and we put on a, a large webinar series to train uh, just how to do church remotely. Uh, what are the tools that we should use? Um, we also did you know, several ministry from a distance guides where we talked about evangelism and discipleship remotely. And uh, yeah, just lots more conversations, lots more openness and willingness to start exploring the role that technology uh, can play in their ministries. Yeah. Well, I feel like what we've seen is, is the church has responded in a lot of contexts in a lot of ways by just, taking the model that they currently had on a, a Sunday morning pulpit driven model and applying it to digital in their like, let's just make this a pre-recorded video and post it out on Sunday morning. And that's going to be our, our strategy. And, and so um, that is a very broadcast driven, like radio TV type era model. How can the church continue to function and grow uh, beyond that type of model in a in a digital space where engagement is so incredibly important yeah it's it's huge uh, and it it's really interesting because you know just doing what you were doing before online isn't isn't the right answer uh, mm-hmm. because the medium is different you know with when you're online uh, you've got choice uh, why should I listen to my pastor when I could listen to a world renowned 
amazing right. theologian speaker who who's you know pinnacle it's like it's hard to compete to a local city pastor uh, the value proposition is different for uh, what people are willing to engage with online. And so, you know, trying to compete with uh, the production value and things of, of other online experiences is just, uh, it's it's a losing battle. And so thinking about what, how do we create compelling experiences online? How do we create compelling engagement online? What does community look like online? Those are all just completely new questions that the church hasn't answered, but that a lot of other brands and, uh, you know, digital experience have tried to answer and explore. So, you know, I'd, I'd love, you know, with my role in innovation, I would love to see the church leading in the space of online engagement so, such that, you know, other industries would look at the the global church and say, dang, how on earth do they get such good engagement? Like, yeah. we wish we could have that kind of engagement. And um, so, you know, I, I've seen a couple of examples. Uh, if you've seen the the Bible app, the Uversion Bible app, uh, they mm. they recently created in response to COVID um, a series of daily Bible experiences, um, and it's it's scripture in, in sort of a, a TikTok format of short video that is engaging. Um, one of the guys I know uh, has created a TikTok church, and he just uh, in ten days he got eighty thousand followers and is on on just immense growth as people are starting to engage with him online and he's creating high content, high quality videos. So I think there's a lot of room for experimentation and innovation because your, your natural tendency is always going to be to just do what you've always done. And and because that's comfortable, that's what you've built the muscles doing. And so you want to just continue doing it. And if you have to do it digitally, then you bite the bullet and just do it. But that doesn't, that's not innovation. Um, That's not, uh, fundamentally changing or adding value or, or using the medium of digital for what it's worth, uh, for what it can accomplish beyond uh, what a Sunday morning in-person experience can accomplish. Yeah. Well, and, and to push the point a little bit further, like how, how do you guys think there is something to be said? And, and I think a lot of the church would push back on digital in that there isn't that how, how do you guys think through community and building like not just community online, but working towards bodily community? We're created with bodies, right? We're not just spirits. We have body. We're created to function in community in person. Yeah. And so how do you innovate in, in like that example you gave where a guy created a, a TikTok church and had 80,000 church members and over the weekend. Right. So that yeah. that's a, amazing example how do we then take that and and move it towards functioning how we were created to function as human beings yeah it's good i mean when, when i think about the church you know there's nothing in the bible that says that you have to meet on Sunday mornings and listen to a 30 minute sermon and 15 minutes of worship and a closing right. song and, and five announcements. So when I think about what it means to be the church, I, it's about the community. It's about the service. It's about the making disciples. It's how are you, uh, how are you investing in the lives and of others and, and serving the poor and the widows? How are you doing ministry and, and representing the kingdom of God on earth? And, and I think a lot of times you know, we put the building and the Sunday morning as a, a checkbox mm-hmm. that we can say like, okay, I did my Christian thing. Um, now I can go back to work. And, and I, I actually really appreciate that 
uh, digital is is uh, and that COVID is sort of challenging that model and, and shaking us up to say, what does it mean to be a Christian outside of the building? Uh, what does it mean to be a body of Christ outside of Sunday morning? Uh, and I really think that digital and uh, having the opportunity to be forced to relate with people on an individual level. I, I mean, I've heard some pastors saying, you know, we focus so much on events and and putting on the next event, attractional event that maybe a youth might invite their friend to our church for. Yeah. And we forgot to be pastors. You know, we forgot to build relationships with our students. And when COVID hit and we didn't have any way to get in touch with them, like we had to relearn what ministry was and we had to retrain our our leaders to start reaching out and personally building relationship and maintaining connection in a way that we had maybe forgotten how to do. And so, I, I don't know, to me, it seems like it's it's forcing us to build better connections and better relationships than we were before when we were in person, because now we have to get to know each other over the phone or over text. And that's not a one day a week, two hours event. That's a, that's a multi-touch point every week, mm-hmm. every day, where you're actually knowing and being known. Yeah. Now you were referred, uh, I think that's a good segue that this topic of innovation, because you were referred to us for this podcast because you guys are kind of pushing that envelope uh, at the intersection of technology and discipleship. So can you share maybe some ideas or thoughts on the role of uh, technology and, and the role you guys are maybe moving or pushing towards or, or thinking about future um, systems or processes or strategies in AI and VR and all these other future technologies and how they can maybe play uh, a role in this digital discipleship space mm. um, as things move forward technologically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, digital transformation is a super hot topic right now in the business world, in the ministry world and church space. And so thinking about the impact of, you know, big data, cloud computing, artificial intelligence, machine learning, internet of things, virtual reality, like all of these technologies are, are changing industries massively. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the fortune 100 list turnover rate is just ridiculous as far as the, the organizations that can lead the way and, uh, pivot and respond versus the ones that not, uh, are falling off. And, you know, I, I think it comes back to, uh, discipleship needing to be born out of your own personal scripture engagement and relationship with God and the personal relationship and trust and influence that you can build in someone's life. So, you know, to the extent that these technologies can help empower Christians to do those two things more effectively is the extent that it's going to be helpful to uh, discipleship. So how are we seeing big data or machine learning help people own their own faith better? Um, so things like uh, I know with the Uversion team, uh, they're looking into how uh, machine learning can can provide scripture in people's lives more relevantly and say, when you are in this kind of place or you've been reading these kinds of things or you are you answer, uh, um, you know, how you're doing today in this way, like we want to provide the scripture that's most relevant to help you develop your faith. And so there's there's things where, you know those technologies can help you in your own personal faith journey. 
but there's also how can we use those technologies to help engage others more intentionally? And, and so, um, you you recently spoke with Clyde Tabor, and um, I know uh, he's been interacting a lot with people doing using VR as a medium for church with DJ Soto and um, some others. And I I know also you know using uh, VR as a a way to tutor people in um, you know, other languages uh, mm-hmm. across international borders and, and using that as an opportunity to share the gospel where you wouldn't have. So, you know, technology is really creating new opportunities uh, to to build those relationships. But I think ultimately it, it still comes down to you need to build the relationship and you need to have a strong faith yourself and be rooted in scripture and rooted in God's word so that uh, when those opportunities apply, and when those opportunities arise for you to be able to share, you are ready and prepared. And um, so, yeah, it's it's an interesting space because I, I don't think that there's a silver bullet new technology that's going to completely revolutionize uh, discipleship. It's more like those technologies are creating new mediums for discipleship and relationship to occur in and through. Now, our our podcast is focused on giving ministry leaders insight into how other organizations function, uh, focusing on helping ministries grow their organizations, grow their effectiveness. What advice can, do you have for, uh, other leaders that are working to adapt and respond to the, this urgent need to kind of become more digital? Like what is, what are some practices for maybe a ministry leader that, uh, is new to digital um, that they can do, especially since digital changes so fast. Yeah. Um, how do we how do we begin functioning well in that space and and keep up with the ever changing, almost daily landscape? Yeah. You know, I think one of the m- most important things to keep in mind is uh, this idea of relationship. And and in my example that I mentioned earlier with my friend who I met online gaming, you know you have to think in terms of a two year journey rather than a two click journey. It's not about getting someone to click on a button that says that they made a faith decision that you can count and report to donors. Um, it's, it's about how do you foster a relationship and understand the person on the other end. And, it, and relationship is really hard to scale. It's, and it's really hard to uh, justify when, you know, it, it took a long time of talking about stuff that was completely unrelated to faith and Christianity in order to create the opportunity to share faith. And so I think a lot of times ministries are held to uh, certain levels of accountability by donors that they're spending money in a way that is directly related to um, their missional objectives, whatever those may be. And so uh, setting up activities and setting up things that are not related to faith and related to scripture, but that can help you grow influence in someone's life is, is a really tricky space for a lot of ministries, but it's also mm-hmm. really essential when you think about uh, how much time kids are investing, uh, watching, you know, uh, uh, live streams of people playing video games or um, spending watching tutorials on YouTube about random stuff. It's like no one has a strategy on how to uh, be a, a Fortnite streamer <laughs> to, earn, to earn faith and to have the opportunity to, to share uh, the gospel with people. But I think that is the direction we probably should be moving. 
So that's one is is focusing on the long-term goal rather than the short-term. Because if you do the short-term, you're just going to turn people away. You're not going to have something that they want, that they care about, and you're not going to grow influence in their lives. Uh, the other thing I would say, I've got a couple other points I'd, I'd want to say is one is on partnership. Technology is really hard. Um, it, it's really easy to pay a technology uh, firm to develop something for you, but it's it's hard to actually build something that is meaningful and powerful. Like there's a reason that Facebook didn't hire developers uh, to maintain their app. Like they've they employ thousands of engineers to run their digital product and solution. And so like when you think about running a digital expression of anything for your ministry, you have to think in terms of a service. Like you're you're providing not a product that you develop once that is finished, that can go in the app store and you never need to worry about it again. It's more like opening a restaurant. Like you need to be there and listen to customers and serve their needs and have this mindset that this is never going to be done. Uh, The app always needs attention. There's always going to be changes that come. There's always going to be new ways that uh, your users and audience are going to care. And so um, that service mentality, like running a restaurant, uh, is, is really helpful in approaching the technology space and not ending up uh, disappointed or wasting money or over your head. Um, and developing technology is really hard, so you need to partner well to do it and work with other ministries. Uh, and it, I'll just say from personal experience, partnership is hard. Mm-hmm. It's way, way easier to do something fast yourself and uh, not have to consult with anyone, not have to collaborate. Um, but while you may be able to go fast, it's going to be really hard to go far. Um, so uh, some of One Hope, uh, our, our most successful programs and products have been done in partnership with other ministries who we can share the burden, we can focus on things. And if you're not familiar with the collective impact framework, I'd highly recommend it. it it's, a, it's a tool that you can use to help structure a partnership and, and have a common agenda, shared goals, shared metrics, shared objectives, and, and a way to work together really well. Um, partnership is a, a really new muscle for a lot of organizations and churches. And it's really critical if you're going to be entering the digital space because it's just a lot to do um, technology-wise, content-wise, strategy-wise, marketing. Like there's just a ton that goes into it. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, you run a company that that provides those <laughs> kinds of services. Um, it's not to be taken lightly. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, I, I have got, I've got two more points. Uh, I think one is... Uh, the last one maybe is, um, you know, as you're looking for new skills in your ministry, as you're looking for ways to grow your influence online and in the digital space, empower the next generation. You know, work with uh, youth and teens uh, in in your sphere of influence. Invite in young talent to help you lead because a lot of times uh, there's there's not a lot of opportunity for them to lead and. Uh, they're much better at this stuff than uh, most of the other people who are leading ministries. And so rather than trying to educate yourself in a whole new uh, sphere of work, it's better to hire someone who's much more comfortable and is native in it and has ideas and talent and expertise to execute these things. So uh, hire smart people and empower them to do the things that you need them to do and, and trust them. So I think empowering the next generation is is really critical. And then the last one I'd, I'd say is just 
focus on how you can strengthen real relationships with technology. Um, it's really easy for, for us to focus on uh, a technology solution that uh, maybe can scale really well, uh, but makes people feel disconnected from their life and from others. And uh, this generation online really craves connection and authenticity and uh, being able to provide authentic relationship uh, empowered by technology is, is really powerful. Well, <clears throat> Liam, this has been awesome. I th- hope that this provides a lot of value for our listeners. If people want to get a hold of you or learn more about Indigitus, how can they do so? Sure. Uh, so Indigitus.org is our website. Uh, you can go there or connect with us on Facebook, uh, Indigitus on Facebook, and um, we will be happy to provide you resources and tools and all the things that we have or get you plugged into a community near you. Um, you're also welcome to reach out to me. My email is on uh, the site somewhere, I believe, but it's uh, Liam Savage at onehope.net, all one word. Um, but yeah, we'd love to connect with anyone who has questions and uh, look forward to serving you and helping you to fulfill the Great Commission in your area. Awesome. Can I pray for you in, in the ministry? I would love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Father, I just lift up Liam uh, and his teams at One Hope and Indigitus. I pray that you would give um, them guidance and direction and wisdom as they kind of lead the way in this digital space for digital discipleship. Father, this is new. This is um, this is ground that's not been walked on uh, very by by very many people, and so uh, we just need to really rely in and trust in you for guidance and direction in this space. So uh, I pray that they would do that, that they would be effective, Lord. We know that the the opportunities that exist in the digital space for um, engagement and discipleship relationships um, is incredible. The numbers that I'm seeing from ministry partners and ministry contacts is just incredible. And so we know that you're doing something um, amazing in this space that only you can do. And so I pray that you would just empower us, empower uh, Liam and his team, empower One Hope and and Indigitus to um, be successful in this space for your name, for your glory, um, and for the redemption of humanity. Thank you that we get to be a part of that work, that you've invited us into that. Um, Thank you that we get to be um, in partnership with you in in what you're doing uh, to bring us all back to you. Father, we love you, and thank you so much for who you are and what you've done for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Zach. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Liam, thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate it. Absolutely. I hope you have a beautiful day. Thanks so much, Zach. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ministry Grow Show. If you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate it if you rate and or review us on the iTunes store. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a story to share with other ministry directors and pastors, or know someone who would be an incredible guest on the Ministry Grow Show, let us know. We love connecting with ministry executives and sharing their wisdom and insight with our audience. Just send us an email at info at reliantcreative.org. And lastly, if you need help telling your ministry story, we would love to share how we can help in that process. Check out Reliant Creative at reliantcreative.org. See you next time.